It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Here's your host. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another uh, <laughs> um, audio play date here on the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Tom Sumner, along with my co-host, Andrea Sutton. Hey, good morning. Good morning. And uh, I hope everybody survived uh, with all their fingers and toes the uh, 4th of July weekend. Yes. Yes, we did. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> Saw something on the news over the weekend about uh, about some areas because it was so dry and so many people were lighting off fireworks from their homes. Oh yeah. That there were some there were some close calls. Um, I, I I don't have any examples of any big disasters, but uh, um, I know here at. Uh, here at the uh, Sumner Craig Byram uh, estate, we had um, Sandy and I went out on the deck and and had a fire in one of those. And I don't even know what they call those. It's like a, a kettle that sits up off pit. the ground. Yeah, yeah. I always think of a fire pit as being dug into the ground, though. Exactly. And, and exactly. so I never know what to call the thing. Sandy keeps calling it the grill. And the only thing we'll ever <laughs> grill on it is marshmallows, probably. But uh, which we did Saturday night. I haven't done that in years, and it was great. Good. We had popcorn and uh, marshmallows to roast over the fire. Anyway, we got the fire going on the deck and um, and uh, watched the neighbors. Um, <laughs> Several neighbors in our trailer park were setting off fireworks. Some of them were pretty good, some pretty big ones. And, yeah, uh, and and it was it was nice. It was pleasant. I, you know, I sure I miss you know thousands of people going ooh and ah together at the same yeah. time. But you know, we we enjoyed it. We roasted a few marshmallows, and uh, um, I think we each lit a sparkler. <laughs> you rebel! <laughs> I know we you were rebel. we were rocking the fourth, literally in you know our rocking so, chairs. <laughs> yeah, 
What's so funny is I consider fireworks expensive. I mean, they're like $8 for little things that last two seconds, you know? It costs a lot of money to light those things off. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I'm just cheap. I'll, I'll watch somebody else do it. Yeah. I'll watch somebody else do it on their dime. We were <laughs> sitting out on the... Uh sitting out on the deck, lighting $1 bills on fire. No. Yeah, no fake. You might as well have done that, huh? No, it was it was, it was nice. We, we had a good time. And, uh, good. You know, a lot of, there were a lot of TV specials for the 4th. You know, um, locally, Channel 12 replayed last year's Bay City Fireworks. Okay. Saturday night at 10. That was, uh, interesting and um and that's about it i mean i i really you know i watched the the president as much as i i could stand to and yeah i uh, could only watch 20 minutes yeah I, you know the gettysburg address <laughs> lasted like four and a half minutes and and yep. you know why we've got to have 45 minute to 90 minute speeches by somebody who isn't really particularly that great a speaker. Um, yeah. That, that, I don't know. That grates a little bit. But, um, yeah. on to uh, the business at hand. We move on to uh, a new week. It's getting closer to the August primary, and we continue to uh, visit with some of the candidates that are facing challenges in that August primary coming up on today's okay. show. We have three races we're going to squeeze in. Um, oh, wow. Two of them are for uh, county board seats. Uh, in the 4th okay. District, we have uh, Dominique Clemens. He'll be joining me uh, here in, oh, maybe 10 minutes or so, 10, 15 minutes. And, um, and then we're going to follow that up with uh, his uh, opponent in the, uh, this is an open seat for the uh the fourth district seat on the uh, Genesee County Board of Commissioners. Um, Donald Wright will be joining me uh, to talk about his uh, campaign for that seat. And then um, that'll take us into the 10 o'clock hour, and then we're going to move on to the ninth district seat. And uh, two Democrats, uh, again, in that uh, district running for okay. an open seat. And challenging each other in a primary. Now we have Gary Pepin is scheduled. Um, and I reached out to his opponent, Ann Edwards, and left messages, but never did hear back from her. So um, okay. as much as I, I try to make sure everyone is included, um, you know, unless some miracle happens and, and she happens to call me before we get to uh, a spot where I could squeeze her in today. Um and then uh, at 11 o'clock, we have, uh, there's um, a challenger for uh, incumbent drain commissioner in Genesee County, Jeff Wright. He's being challenged by uh, Democrat Travis Wines. And we'll hear from Travis at 11 and uh, Jeff Wright right after that. Seems like a lot of new names. There are seats. a few. There are a few, but it really, you know, it really we've been does. doing this so long Good to hear, though. that out of six guests today, three of them, well, no, there should have been six guests. There are okay. only five, 
and out of those five, three of them have been on the show before. Okay. I I know the name Travis Wines. Travis Wines has been on the show. Jeff and Wright, of course, has been on the show many times. And Donald Wright Pepin? has been on the show okay. before. He ran for a state house seat unsuccessfully uh, oh, in okay. a few years ago. His wife was the superintendent or treasurer or something in Flint Township for many years. And oh, she okay. passed cool. away a few years ago, and he's uh, taking over the family business and running for oh, a seat. Oh, I remember. Yeah, okay. Running for a yep, seat now on I the remember. county board of commissioners. Um, anyway... Uh, so we'll have those uh, those guests coming up in, in just a little bit. I wanted to make sure and get oh, that good. in because sometimes we get carried away. We get yakking and uh, I forget to announce who's going to be on the show. And I will also uh, slide in just a, a little promo. Um, we're going to be off from the 16th through the 28th. However... I have put together a collection of shows that will give people an opportunity before they have to have their ballots back um, for those that are mailing in absentee ballots. Um, all of the candidates that have been on the show or most of the candidates that have been on the show all grouped by the seats they're running for. So, for example, on... Um, is it the 22nd? Yeah, I think it's on the 22nd, Monday the 22nd. It's the 34th District State House seat, and there are five candidates, and all five candidates will be on the same show that day. And that's Kildee? Kildee seat? No. Um, it's the one uh, that's, that's held uh, by um, Cynthia Neely. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, she's the one, yeah, gotcha. She wanted in a special election special. to fill out the term for right. Sheldon when he got elected mayor. And uh, so she's got four challengers. She's technically the incumbent, although she's only been in the seat for a few months. Um, right. She had right. to run uh, during the next, uh, the way that worked is there was a special election. She got elected to fill out the balance of the year, and then it was time to run again okay wow busy year for elections well it's a presidential busy, election busy. year yeah that's true that's true no and i got my ballot sent out already did you week. did you already vote yeah. yep sure did although i miss it i voted sticker i guess that would be a waste of taxpayers money <laughs> you know, mailing the simplistic little sticker. Well, they could have put a sticker in the uh, in the in the yeah. envelope when they <laughs> mail out the ballot. Of course, then you get That's a bunch true. of people that have "I voted" stickers that maybe didn't fill out their ballots and send them back. <laughs> False advertising. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. Yep, yep. So what's on, who's sitting in the seat on Wednesday? Jan Worth Nelson. Okay, good. We'll be joining the round table. And uh, we're also going to hear from uh, Chris Douglas. 
in the first hour before armchair politics on Wednesday. So that should be uh, should be an interesting show. Lots of yeah, uh, it should be lots of stuff going on. Well, especially with the economy, who knows how it's going now? Yeah, I'm. I'm confused. Glad we're having him on. Are we opening? Yeah. Are we closing? <laughs> Are we? Defcon Seven. <laughs> Let's hurry up and open. But wait, <laughs> there's more. <laughs> not, not quite yet. Actually, I I, I think uh, based on some of the video I saw over the weekend of people celebrating the fourth. We are just so impatient. I mean, yeah, it was three months, and that's a long time to stay at home. But, you know, this idea that, no. oh, it's all gone. No, it's not. It's it's still exactly. here, and, and you have to make your choices. And I like to think we have the freedom to decide to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. And I know for, I'm still wearing a mask when I go out. Well, I just try not to go out. I just sit on the deck and <laughs> ro- roast marshmallows until I, uh, till I end up looking like Burl Ives. <laughs> Is a snowman? Yeah. <laughs> Covered with marshmallows, and you'll look like that little snowman that traverses across the snow. <laughs> That's frosty. Yeah, I know, but Burl Ives also did the voice for that. I know. They even made the snowman sort of a likeness of Burl Ives. Oh yeah, they did a good job. Had his little m- mustache and goatee and stuff. <laughs> Round little body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looked just like him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Have another marshmallow there, Burl. Anyway. <laughs> is there is there a nickname for Burl? Do people just Hey Burr <laughs> Yeah. Burr or Earl. Burr or I can't even pronounce it. <laughs> Yo wives, oh, get over here. Yeah. Yo wives. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the female is IV. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. This is going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it is. But the, but that doesn't mean the show is going nowhere because we have some great exactly. guests lined up coming up in uh, just a moment or two. It is uh, just about time to go to our uh, first break. We're going to let our broadcast partners at WFOV 92.1 FM, Our Voices Radio in Flint, squeeze a few words in edgewise or do whatever they do when when we go to break. They are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my friend Paul Herring. And uh, if you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have uh, some messages as well. And uh, I want to get a little plug in. Uh, we'll say uh, we'll say goodbye for now to uh, Andrea, but she'll be back with us tomorrow morning to kick off another show. And we're going to have an hour of your calls at 810-339-8255. We'll be right back. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Your calls matter. Join me and Andrea weekdays from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern to talk about whatever you want to talk about. The Tom Sumner Program has open phone lines Monday through Friday to hear from you. How's 2020 working out for you so far? How about those damn roads? Call in live at 810-339-8255. It's all about you. We'll be streaming live at TomSumnerProgram.com and simulcast on WFOV 92.1 FM in Flint. Foil hats are optional. Lady of the house, please. <laughs> you thought you had every Elvis record made, but wait, Elvis sings again, this time from heaven. That's right, Elvis from heaven. Yes, hear Elvis from Graceland in the Sky. Soul-stirring versions of epic proportions. You'll hear Elvis crooning, Pearly Gate Rock, all dug up, lying in the chapel, and 11 others. This record also includes a special Elvis message. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Elvis Presley. Order before midnight tonight and receive this Elvis Presley commemorative casket keychain. Open it up. Yes. The king inside. A must for any Elvis fan. Order yours today. To order your Elvis from Heaven, send $9.95 in checker money order to Elvis from Heaven, P.O. Box 714, Cleo, Michigan, 44487. Or save COD charges and phone 555-5554. Use Master Charge or Visa, Canadian residence, add $3. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner program is provided by Swiftlet Technology. Engineering and IT services at swiftland.technology.
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, As uh, I said earlier, we're going to be talking with some candidates facing challenges in the August primary on today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And uh, during this segment, we're going to talk to a uh, candidate in the uh, uh, primary, the Democratic primary, for the ninth district seat on the Genesee County uh, Board of Commissioners. Oh, let me correct that. The fourth district seat on the uh, Genesee County Board of Commissioners. His name is Dominique Clemens. He joins me now by phone. Dominique, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Tom. Um, Dominique, uh, I, I always ask this, especially of candidates that, that I haven't, and I, and I don't think we've met before, um, did, uh, I don't know, did you suffer a head injury or something? Why do you want to run for a political office? <laughs> that is a great question. That's a question <laughs> I've been getting a lot as I've been talking to folks. <laughs> um, for me, as someone, I've never ran for office before. Um, I've been born and raised here in the Flint area. I've just seen so much change, some for the good, uh, some not so good. And as a community that I love, uh, seeing one of the spots that often gets forgotten is our county-level government. Um, there's a lot of decisions that are being made there. And for my work in government and work in advocacy, I've decided, you know, I'll throw my hat in the race and see if we can make some more positive change for our community. But interestingly, uh, you've been around politics for a while. Yes, yes, indeed. So I've been uh, involved in the process always as one of those background folks, uh, working in the state legislature for a couple of years, currently chief of staff to a state representative in the metro Detroit area and doing some stuff for some local officials here, previously worked for Jim Ananick, and loved being that policy person in the background. Never thought I'd be the one to actually run for office, but have really been seeing a need to, for new leaders to get out there and get elected and make some change in our community. This is an especially uh, tough time um, for veteran campaigners, but, but for somebody launching a campaign for the first time, um, this is a difficult time to campaign in. You can't really go knocking on doors and introduce yourself. How do you how do you go about uh, getting people familiar with you? Absolutely, and that's been one of the biggest challenges, I'll tell you. But uh, we have a strong team out there, and we've been just about every day throughout the summer calling voters, uh, trying to have those conversations over the phone about what they want to see the future of our community look like and share uh, the message that I have about building a brighter future for Genesee County. We've also been sending out some mail and uh, trying to engage with folks online, but definitely having to get a little more creative in the, in the campaign approach. And um, what are you hearing back from people? You kind of alluded to it, uh, Dominique, when you said uh, it, that uh, the county level of government, the county board, is often sort of forgotten. Yeah, and that's a couple of the big things I'm hearing that I've been surprised at. A lot of folks don't know what their county government does. They don't know that the services that are available to them or what a county commissioner even does. So a lot of my conversations have been telling folks the important things that the county does, the important role that they play in our lives from the health department to our veteran services to the roads that are maintained by the county to the parks that so many people use and don't realize it's a county service. And 
we're seeing, you know, across the board, across the state of Michigan, but especially in Genesee County, a lot of uh, budget challenges. And, you know, some of those things could be cut or could be changed if we don't elect the right person to, to these boards. Now, those that are a little bit more familiar with what's happening in government, you know, the biggest concern that they have for our community is bringing jobs here to Genesee County and controlling some of the blight that we're seeing happening throughout the county. And uh, the land bank was supposed to be a a stopgap for uh, uh, abandoned homes, and, and it hasn't really worked out that way because, frankly, with a shrinking population there's going to be a vacant housing stock. Um, what what can be done? Is it just a matter of money and keeping those properties up, or, or is it about tearing them down and, and uh, reusing the, the property? You know, so that's definitely a mix of both of those. One of the things where I think the land bank could be doing a better job is maintaining the properties that we have making sure that the grass is cut and weeds are being handled and that these houses aren't falling apart that once they become vacant, but also really taking a look and assessing what the housing market is like and where uh, there's possibility for change. And I think there are a lot of uh, parcels and properties that are at a point where it's going to be more costly to try to maintain or keep a building on that structure that could be demolished and sold as land. But I think another really interesting aspect that we could look at with some of these uh, parcels of land is tearing down the buildings uh, that are on a couple of these and turning them into a community garden space. Uh, That could really help uh, spur some innovation, but also bring a sense of responsibility to some folks in the community and give them an outlet to uh, grow some things that can help them both in their health and in their wellness. With... um and, and you mentioned jobs, and, and that's uh, something, um, and especially during a presidential campaign cycle, we're going to see lots and lots of television advertising this fall, um, promising all kinds of things, and jobs is going to be high on that list. But, um, but I think most people know that, that politicians or elected officials don't really create jobs. Um, how, how can you impact the environment in such a way that that it fosters job growth as a county commissioner or even at the state and local level absolutely absolutely i think that's one of the toughest things that there is that's what everyone wants more than anything is to make sure that we have a prosperous community that we have a good paying job and i think you know there are things that folks at every level can do to be a part of that equation um and it has to do with building partnerships with folks in the business community, both in small businesses, but also in some of the larger firms that are coming here. Working with folks in the Chamber of Commerce um, to make sure that downtown Flint and our entire community has opportunities for growth and expansion, that we're looking for innovative grant opportunities for local entrepreneurship to happen, especially among black and brown-owned business owners, to make sure that they're part of the equation. And we need to celebrate when companies like GM and Lear Corporation are reinvesting into our community, bringing strong union jobs to Genesee County, but also looking at ways that we can diversify, that we're not uh, setting all of our eggs in one basket, having more small business, looking for ways to invest around the multiple hospitals and institutions of higher education that we have here that could really grow us to have a more diverse uh, economy here with more jobs that we'll be able to sustain a little bit better than relying solely on one industry. 
and 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 that's been an effort that a lot of people have put time and effort into especially over the last decade um how is that process going because jobs new jobs that are created are different than the ones we remember from flint's past where a factory opens and hires eight thousand people um right jobs are very different now so how do we know without those big numbers to report that it's working yeah that is a great point and you know a lot of companies that come in now they'll bring 20 jobs here or 40 jobs here and we don't see very often those big 800 job uh industries that are coming in and reinvesting in that way and it's much smaller and i think one of the things that really shows with that in order for us to be successful when we talk about jobs it can't just be a singular conversation about bringing employers here but also including the side on the education piece of it we know that throughout the state of michigan that we need over 60 percent uh college attainment and when i say college i don't just mean the four-year institution we're talking also community college and trade and vocational programs in genesee county we're floating in the high 30s as part of what our population has in some sort of post-secondary credential. So providing tools and resources for folks to get credential, to be able to get into these jobs. And it's kind of a circle. As we have more folks that are credentialed that have some sort of post-secondary uh, degree, they'll be able to fill vacant jobs that industries are looking for. And industries are looking to come to communities that have a job force, a labor market, with people that have the uh, educational background that they need to be successful. And what role can a, uh, a county commissioner play in that process? Absolutely. So as you know, and as probably most of the listeners know, the county commission, county government, doesn't play a direct role in education. But I think it's every elected official's job to advocate for those things. I think we can build new partnerships with our school districts across Genesee County uh, with elected officials at all levels to be able to help support the work that is being done, to uh, use our connections that we have with folks in business to bring those folks into school, to start talking about trade and vocational programs, to talk about internship programs, to advocate on the state level to make sure that our funding for our schools is kept full, and to make sure at the end of the day that every school in Genesee County can prepare students to go on for some sort of post-secondary credential, regardless if that's the grand blanks that we have in Genesee County or Flint Community Schools, that we're going to be able to, no matter what school students go to, provide a world-class education that will make them be able to be successful, prepare them to go to one of the multiple institutions we have right here at home in Genesee County, or if they choose to go on to a school elsewhere and hopefully come back to our community and bring their talents with them. The... um you know, we when we first started talking, Dominique, I, I was uh, sort of teasing you about whether you'd had a head injury, and you said a lot of your friends uh, had asked sort of the same question with regard to seeking an elected office. But um, in all seriousness, how did your uh, friends and family react when, when you said, you know what, I think I'm going to actually run for something? Absolutely. So my family has been completely 100% supportive, and that's been are really great, uh, really helpful in this, uh, going through this endeavor. And uh, most of my friends have been as well. But like you said, a lot of my uh, friends, a lot of my colleagues have looked at me a little sideways and been like, why, especially during this political climate, 
why would I want to get involved? Um, and I've heard not just from friends, but also from folks in the community that uh, a lot of folks have just given up hope on government in general, on politics, and that nothing can be done, nothing can be fixed. And really, I think if we continue on with that mindset, with that mentality, then they're right, nothing will get done. But we need folks that are hopeful uh, for the future of our community, and we definitely need young folks that are going to be around for a while, that, you know, it's affecting our lives for 40, 50 years from now, uh, to really be a part of the difference and go in there and say, this is what we want to see our community look like in the future. So I've been telling a lot of those folks that have been challenging, pushing me that it's hopeless, there's no reason to run, that it really, it's the outlook of us that's going to make that impact. And as long as we uh, look so negatively on it, then we can't make any real change. And and that, that of course, requires uh, people to participate in the process by voting. And we meant, I mentioned uh, earlier, and we talked about for a moment, that this is a very different time to be running a campaign, but it's kind of a different time to be voting in, too. A lot of people are going to be taking advantage of the new Michigan law to vote uh, by absentee ballot without any particular reason for doing so in other states they just call it early voting um do you think that's going to make the uh the participant do you think that's going to help increase participation voting by mail tom sumner program hey i think we got disconnected oh well let me get you plugged back in here Welcome to live radio, folks. That happens sometimes. We've got uh, Dominique back on the line now, I think. Are you there? Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah no problem. Connected. Sorry about that. Yeah, technology's great when it works, right? Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. But what I was saying is, uh, do you think that uh, this, this uh, new um, way of voting, voting by mail, is? do you think that's going to... Um, create an environment where more people will participate than uh, than have in recent years? You know, there's been a lot of conversation around that, and I certainly hope more people will turn out and vote and be engaged in this election because there are additional options and opportunities for them to cast their ballot. Uh, but I'm also concerned that a lot of folks won't. Uh, some of the folks that turn out to go to the poll in person might be apprehensive to do that uh, because of the ongoing pandemic and some folks are uncomfortable with mailing in their ballot because they don't trust the mail system or uh, might simply just forget to turn that ballot in on time and it's still not a perfect system uh, folks do need to make sure that that ballot is turned in and uh, either dropped in a drop box at their local clerk's office or mailed prior to election day uh, those ballots have to be in the clerk's hands before 8 p.m on election day so i'm always encouraging folks don't wait until the day before to drop something in the mailbox make sure you get that ballot out a week or so ahead of time so you can be sure that your vote is being casted um but i am hopeful i am optimistic that more folks will turn out uh that will be involved in this process i know that ballot Well, it looks like I uh, lost Dominique again. Maybe he'll call right back. I'm going to try something a little different here. You are currently the only person in this conference. <laughs> Hi, Dominic. Hey there. Sorry. That's all, that's all right. I'm going to try a little different way. Stand by. There. Are you with us again? 
I'm with you. Okay, let's see if uh, this holds up for the remaining time. Um, and and thanks for your uh, your patience and your perseverance, Dominique. I appreciate that. Absolutely, it's, absolutely. Uh, it's one of the one of the things of the pandemic is doing most things virtually and via zooms and phone calls that we deal with a lot more technology glitches. But we have to be flexible. Well, and and welcome to live radio. um but but let's let's get back do you think uh that we'll be doing the same thing again in november you know i think it's very likely yeah i think we're going to see a lot of folks voting by mail in november i think we're going to continue the expanded access to that i think it's going to be the safest bet right now and that uh, for the most part we should continue to be socially distant and being very careful and cautious with our interactions you know, when you talk about the uh, the county board of commissioners and their oversight of the county budget, um, yeah, it was just just a, a handful of years ago that uh, when a lot of municipalities and and regional governments were really struggling financially, that Genesee County seemed to be in pretty good shape and and had uh, you know a very high bond rating and and so on. Now we're seeing that there's all kinds of difficulty with regard to mm-hmm. legacy costs and whether or not they can meet their obligations. And now all of a sudden the budget looks like it's challenged a little bit. Um, what What is the answer for that? How did it get out of whack and, and so quickly and what can be done about it? Absolutely. And I wish I had a simple answer to that, I'd probably be uh, making a lot more money than I am now if I had a solid answer, because that's an issue that folks uh, across the state of Michigan are seeing, uh, local governments and municipalities. Um, And the problem comes twofold. The big part, like you mentioned, is those legacy costs, those unfunded liabilities to pay for the health care and pensions and retirements for the folks that have given a career of service to our municipalities. And and been promised those things. Exactly. And we should and we absolutely need to maintain that promise and make sure that those folks are held whole in any budget process and that we're not taking cuts to uh, retiree benefits or to health care benefits for our current and past employees. And for me, uh, running for the board, that is one of the commitments that I am uh, making and that I'm going to work as hard as I can that we are 100% probably going to have to make cuts when it comes to our Genesee County budget. But those cuts can't come on the backs of working families. We're going to have to make some cuts to different departments. We're going to have to look at different ways to run county government, uh, but we need to make sure that we're protecting the folks that have given a career service. The other big thing that is a fighting point is, um, outside of those legacy costs, is uh, the state's response to things. We've seen over the last two decades uh, both constitutional and statutory revenue sharing from the state uh, continually decrease down to almost a halt in most communities where communities aren't seeing that revenue sharing dollars that they used to get from the state to operate. And as someone that works in state government and as someone that hopefully will be a, a local elected official, it's very important for us to advocate to our state leaders to reinstate that revenue sharing to make sure that our local communities can uh, continue to be whole in a budget and provide unparalleled service to our constituents. Well, a lot of people would uh, would point to um, former Governor Rick Snyder 
for having raided some of those funds to balance the state's budget and and now what's the likelihood of getting that money back as the state tries to figure out how it's going to uh, balance its books in the wake of uh, COVID-19. Right and it's one of the things that uh, folks from both sides of the aisle have used that funding for different things and have made cuts. Uh, we definitely saw the biggest of those cuts come during the Snyder administration and now in 2020, as you mentioned, you know, the state itself is seeing a budget challenge in the multiple billions of dollars of potential deficit for the upcoming fiscal year. Um, so we know that we're not going to see a large reinstatement of these, uh, of these dollars, but we do need to make sure that continued cuts don't happen to our municipalities and our local governments. And that was one of the things I was really proud to see Governor Whitmer and the uh, Republican legislative leaders come up to an agreement for our supplemental budget for the remainder of this year, that that included funds that would continue to go to local units of government. But contingent on federal uh, help. Correct, yep. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how that how that actually plays out. Um, we, uh, Dominique, um, it's, it's a real privilege and an honor to, to meet you and to get a chance to talk with you a little bit, and I always make sure in the couple of minutes that we have remaining that I give uh, guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and about your uh, campaign. Do you have a website? Absolutely, yeah. Anyone that wants to uh, learn more about my campaign can do so online. Uh, my website is just VoteClemens.com. That's uh, V-O-T-E-C-L-E-M-O-N-S. Um, or they can find me on any of the social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at VoteClemens at well, as well. And I, uh, as a candidate, think it's very important for our elected officials and candidates to be completely open, uh, accessible, and transparent. So I always encourage uh, folks to give me a call or uh, send me an email as well. My phone number is 810-624-1106, and I'm uh, looking forward to talking to any voter, any constituent about the issues that they care about. And uh, how are you managing, uh, we just have about a minute and a half left, but how are you managing to get your name out? Are you doing uh, mailings? You mentioned you were calling people. Are you just working these, these huge lists? Yeah, absolutely. So we've done a few mailers and uh, done a lot on social media. Uh, in campaigning in the era of a pandemic, a lot of it comes down to word of mouth, encouraging uh, friends and family and the supporters that we talk to to share a message with their friends and family. Um, and then going through, uh, like you've mentioned, some of these big lists and talking to folks all throughout Flint Township and the city of Flint that live in this district about this election and finding whatever means that we can digitally have conversations with them. Well, Dominique, thanks so much for taking time out of your uh, campaign and, and uh, your phone calls to uh, spend a little time on a call with me. I appreciate it very much, and uh, best of luck to you. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, and hopefully we'll be able to do this in person sometime soon. That sounds good. Take care, Dominique. Good luck. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. That was uh, Dominique Clements. He is a, a Democrat running in the August primary for the 4th District seat on the Genesee County Board of Commissioners. Now we'll hear from his uh, opponent in that uh, primary challenge. Donald Wright joins me uh, by phone in the uh, next segment. So we're going to take a short break and we'll be back with much, much more.
Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long format interviews with New York Times bestselling author photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Thank you, and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before, where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives. But we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19 where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer or you're someone who can give blood or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe, and save lives. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed. 
a magical place with magical charms indoors 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 take it away hey this is first ward city councilman eric mays and you're listening to the tom sumner program Spreading like a plague And POTUS and his lackeys have been nothing if not vague Well then you've got to trust the CDC and listen well Unless you want to bid our free society farewell There is a super bad transmittable contagious awful virus And if we don't act quick and social distance it will mire us In a stretch of quarantine that lasts until July A super bad transmittable contagious awful and if you got a better cough in your arm, and if you got a better... <coughs> now, back in 1918, influenza had its run. But half the docks were busy overseas with World War I. Today we have mass media and scientists to say, if you don't want this virus, well then stay six feet away. Super damn important that we practice isolation, because we're asymptomatic while it's an incubation. We'll overwhelm our hospitals if there's not mitigation. It's super damn important that we practice isolation. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. And so I hope at last you'll take this lesson here to heart. Cause it's already scary and we're only at the start. If you get bored, just think of the immunocompromised. Who can't go much of anywhere unless it's sterilized. Oh, super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. If we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us. In a stretch of quarantine, the last until July. A super bad, transmittable, Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program, and as you know, I've been trying to get in as many candidates that are running in the August primary as possible, and uh, we've had uh, several from state house races and congressional races and uh, some county-wide races, but we're looking at, uh, at at some of the races for county board of commissioners, and I have uh, a candidate with me, a Democrat who's running in the primary for the 4th District. His name is Donald Wright. He joins me by phone. Don, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Tom. Appreciate the invite, and I do appreciate you calling. Is this an open seat? Yes. Uh, it was uh, Kim Quartz did have the seat, and she uh, is, way I understand, moving to Florida. She decided not to run again, and uh, Kim was a good friend of mine on the uh, township board, uh, along with my wife there for I think 12 years, uh, what have you, but she decided to, she didn't want no more of it, so uh, it is an open seat, though. 
And usually there are a lot of people who uh, who sign up uh, to run for an open seat. Um, there's there's no Republicans running in the primary, just two Democrats. So whoever wins the primary is probably going to be the next fourth district commissioner. Uh, Donald, have you, you've run for things before? Yeah, I uh, uh, of course. Anytime you go to the extreme and you're running for a state office, you know there's all the big guns out there and what have you, and it's that's it's a tough tough battle. And uh, I uh, of course didn't do any good with that, but I didn't put a lot into it either, as far as money wise or what have you, because the fact is that I kind of saw how the thing was going and I just kind of stepped aside. But you know I got a real uh, burden for this one here, Tom, only because. Uh, We've gone through so much lately with all this virus and our protests and all, and this time that uh, we just kind of mended and started putting things back together the way they should be, you know. So I got a real burden for this, and I'm not running for me because I need a job. I'm running because I think that the county can use some of my expertise because I've got good leadership ability and uh, what have you. And uh, I'm not running to because I'm trying to make money. Matter of fact, I've uh, proposed half of my salary is going to be going to charitable organizations such as uh, KIDS, Shriners, uh, KIDS, St. Jude, American Disability, Veterans Associations, uh, Town Ministries, these type of things, because I feel like that uh, I just want to give back to some of the community. And, you know, as I was involved with a uh, political deal for 20 years with my wife, who was treasurer of the township, Flint Township, and uh, I had good uh, repertoire with this type of thing. And uh, I'm good at putting it together. I just don't know how I'll be at running because... Uh, it's it's a tough battle any time you run and whatever you know. Well, I was going to ask you, and, and as you say, uh, Don, it, it's running a political campaign is uh, is always tough. It's always uh, a challenge to to get your name out there and to get people to commit to support you and vote for you. But it's a little different this time. Um, are you able to figure out workarounds for? the things you can't do, like going door-to-door and that sort of thing? Yes. I've never went to the extreme that I went this time. I have uh, came out with a super, super mailing program. Matter of fact, I've uh, already sent out one mailing, uh, which is more or less an absentee. The next one I've got going out is uh, uh, going to the seniors or what have you. And my final one is going out to the total mailing list. And I've never done this before because of, you know, money-wise or otherwise, because I funded my own campaign and what have you, you know. But uh, you're right. It is different, but, you know, that works both ways. Uh, your competitor cannot really go door-to-door, neither can I. And uh, so, you know, it's just kind of everyone gets their name out there, I guess, what is really what it's important about. And I have seen quite a few signs starting going up, and, uh, and I've got quite a few of my own starting, starting this week. And... I'm involved with a couple other campaigns from people from the townships. I'm helping them somewhat. Uh, but uh, now it's time for me to step aside and run for my own campaign, which I'm doing, kicking it in high gear this week, you know. So, All right. Well, Don, what are uh, some of the things that, that you think need attention from the county board, and, uh, and, and what kind of skills do you bring to the table? Well, first of all, I've always had leadership ability. You know, I was in the uh, early start of uh, well, Vietnam, the Marine Corps, then leadership. I had General Motors. I was 20 years supervision at General Motors, uh, 
10, uh, 10 years with UAW 659, and I've had a lot of leadership on both sides of it. I know how the strategy works, but what I want to do is uh, look over the budget for the county, which I hear that Genesee County is in real bad shape right now. And, of course, this virus deal and everything hasn't helped either. So I wanted to go with a scale of like 1 to 10, what is most important, all the way down to the uh, less important. And of course, they're all important, but some has more value than the others. And uh, I know there's been a lot of talk about trying to cut some of the retirees, uh, government-wise and what have you, but I will never vote for that. That's Those people have earned that, and that's the same way it was with me at General Motors. I earned my keep, and I put in a lot of good times, and the same thing is going to be for this. I feel that those people have put in a good time. and But, again, it's going to be a challenge, but I feel with all my background, uh, financial deals and what have you, and leadership ability through the years, uh, I am in good good hands to put together a good thing for people. One thing that's always good for me is my open-door policy. I'll never do something without uh, getting back to the people. In other words, if they should call me and know something, I'm never too busy to listen to them. I'm always there for them. They may not always like the answer, but at least I'll be giving them an answer. I won't ignore them. And, uh, so I'm going to have a strong open-door policy and try to keep things moving and let them know uh, kind of what's happening uh, within the county. If there's some big issues coming up, uh, and I think that uh, I'm very good at that as far as with all my background. You know. Have you had a chance to, uh, well, I'm sure you, you've talked about uh, about your campaign and about running for county commission with your friends and family. How did they react? Well, you know, of course, I lost my wife four years ago. Uh, which is treasurer there, and uh, but they're all for it because they know what a good heart I got. I'm not patting me on the back, but they also know what a giving heart I got. Uh, when I was at uh, years ago, I was on Carmen Ainsworth School Board, and I'm the first uh, school board member to ever be elected by the student council, uh, grand marshal of all the homecoming stuff, and that was a real honor because if the kids recognize you as being important uh, or standing up for them, that's really what it's all about, and. Uh, I felt that that's the way it is today. I'm not running for me, but I feel like there's a lot of organizations that need help, and that's why I'm trying so hard to get involved in this thing. And uh, But as far as my uh, family, they're, they're all super behind me because they know that that's kind of what I want to do. And I'm, I'm just trying to carry on the legacy of uh, what my wife left because she had the same heart. And, of course, after she passed, they named the building after her the treasurer's part, and that was a real honor, too, by the township board. And uh, so I just kind of want to carry on what she had started, and uh, that's been good and open to the people. And uh, and I know there's a lot of challenges there, and somebody, some people say, well, why in the world would you want to run for an office that's already <laughs> in bad shape? But, you know, Tom, seriously, Ever since I can remember, John Northrop was a good friend of mine years ago. And I've always had my eye on the uh, county commission job, this particular one, but I've always felt that there's others in line for it. But this year I felt like uh, enough's enough, and I want to give it a shot. Uh, I, I guess I get I get a little upset, though, to see uh, some of the candidates moving in and out of the area just long enough to run for political office, and most of the time it's for their own political it's for their own uh, gain. It's not for the people, and uh, and I'm not saying that's the case now at all. It's just the idea that I've watched it too much, and I feel like that I've got a good good thing to offer to the people. And uh, so that's kind of the way I feel about it right now. And I feel good about our campaign as we're 
running positive, and we're hoping for the best, you know. More with County Commission candidate Donald Wright. Straight ahead. You pilots, get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. 